podcast of Redemption Tempe, where we believe that all of life is all for Jesus. My name is Warren Williams, and I'm a pastoral resident here, which means that uh, I kind of do a little bit of um, a lot of things. Uh, do some music stuff, um, help to lead. Well, currently, I'm helping to lead with a cohort, and I'm kind of just like the utility player. Um, my co-host today is Greg Lindsley. Greg, what's up, Warren? What's going on, man? Glad to be here. Yeah, and uh, today we have an extra special guest with us, uh, Tim Anderson, who is our counseling and care pastor here at Redemption. Tim, first of all, I want to thank you for coming in. Yes. Thanks for um, having me. Tell us tell us your story. Tell us your background here at Redemption Tempe. Well, about 14 years ago, I was minding my own business. I had a super aggressive son who decided to start a church mm-hmm. and he decided to do it in my house without my permission. Wow. Um, so we started with 14 people, we included our dog, and went from there. And 14 locations later, we're here in Tempe. Wow. Uh, it was never the plan uh, to have a bigger church. We didn't know, we didn't have a plan. So God just took a bunch of knuckleheads and created this church. So I'm very grateful and kind of amazed how this has all played out. Guys, I'm, I'm also, so that's awesome. Thank you, Tim, for being on the podcast. And I also have to say that I feel like with... Me being on this podcast with the two of you, I feel like my voice is falsetto because uh, your guys' voices are so, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to compete with the, the depth and baritone. It's me over here like, hey guys, how's it going? Tim Anderson. It's awesome to have you on, Tim. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, we're going to be continuing in our Love Walked Among Us series. Um, the topic today, we're going to be talking about saying no to self-gratification. And if you're following uh, along with us in the Paul Miller book, um, Love Walked Among, Among Us, it follows chapter 13. Um, the main scripture we heard from was about the temptation of Jesus in Matthew 4. Greg, do you want to walk us through that passage a little bit? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a pretty often quoted uh, part of scripture. Um A lot of people are familiar with this section, but we see Jesus go out into the desert and he's tempted uh, by Satan. And he is sort of the example in this passage of what it looks like to be tempted yet without sin, which we we read about uh, Jesus being. And so it's this example of, you know, uh, three times Jesus could have said yes and had power or fame or um, food or, you know, these things that we're seeing him being tempted with, uh, yet he says no. And, And he quotes back with scripture um, he calls out Satan for being a deceiver. Uh, and, and it's really an example of what it looks like to face sin. Uh, and this is something that Jesus did for, for 40 days, um, in the desert. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it was good. I think one thing that really stood out for me from, uh, you know, that chapter was, um, Paul said, saying no to Satan is saying yes to suffering. And yeah. I just think that as a culture, I see the many ways that we're so suffering averse. So, I mean, I know as we talk about self-gratification today, um, you know, we're going to be looking at, you know, some of the ways that we, we kind of avoid suffering and kind of put our, um, you know, want to just always be comfortable first, you know, as the primary goal. Yeah, I think that's a good point. We were just talking about this right before um we got on the podcast here and and talking about 
where we wanted to take this particular episode. And it's a little different frame than the chapter uh, in Love Walked Among Us because we really wanted to rest in this idea of suffering and yeah. that sometimes, you know, this idea that Paul Miller says is very true that often um, saying no to self-gratification brings suffering. And I think in our culture, we often will find quick fixes to avoid especially negative emotions or to seek out positive emotions, but they can often be devoid or divorced from true meaning, true desire, the things that God has for us. Uh, and I was sharing with, with you two here on the podcast before that, um, you know, my, my sister-in-law passed away last year and, and I went to my wife and I both went to a therapist for a while. And I remember he called me out a couple of times in the beginning. Uh, cause I would say things like he, he'd say like, why are you here? What do you want to talk about? And I'd say like, well, I kind of want to work through this sadness or this pain or whatever. And he made a point, uh, a couple times where it's like, well, maybe the, maybe that is, is what we can do. Uh, but maybe the point is more of instead of moving through or working through, maybe it's learning how to sit in, um, in some of those negative emotions, uh, and, and being really aware of yourself. So Tim, that's why we wanted to have you on. Cause we know that you've sat with lots of yeah. people in our church, um, through very hard, painful, difficult circumstances. And, um, we wanted to sort of pick your brain and get some of your wisdom as a, as an elder statesman on, on some of these issues. So in general, um, I guess sort of setting the framework, as I just said, and, and some of those things, does that resonate with you and, and some of the stories that you've heard or some of the things that you've seen? Absolutely. Uh, my reaction to Matthew 4, and I think it's uh, a common reaction, and we think it's so epic, it's God and Satan. And mm -hmm. sometimes we have a hard time seeing ourselves in that story because it feels so above us and so in the heavens. But this is uh, street-level stuff for us, and we have to appreciate that we are all being tempted we're not Jesus, but we have all the same problems. And so I think sometimes people will take Matthew 4 and just like, well, that's a, that's a story that doesn't apply to me. It absolutely applies to all of us where we're at. So I came up with this little thing you take for what it's worth. You know, as we look at God's sovereignty and how we deal with suffering, and I gave it three A's because I like those little acronyms. <laughs> and the first one we can react to in aggravation. So there's your first A. Like something's happening in our life and we don't like it. So we're aggravated. It's painful. Greg, you had pain. You don't want that. You're aggravated at some level. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of avoid it. The void can go in there too. Or we go to the middle ground where we say it's, I'm going to accept it. I know God's truth. He's sovereign. He's doing something for our good, even though it doesn't feel that way. So so we're kind of in the middle, we're kind of straddling, we're saying, okay, God, I get it, you're God. But where I, I want to be, and I would encourage all everybody, is anticipation. Mm -hmm. So you can look at tragedy and, and be angry for half a second, but understand God's doing something and have kind of a childlike, like, how are you going to do this? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? And have, because we're powerless. Yeah. So it's, the reason I tell that is because I I have a grandson who I was going to Costco and I asked my daughter, does he want to go? Well, of course he does. He's going to go with me and we have a good time. So he runs out of the house, gets in the car. He knows he's going to be safe. He knows he's going to have fun and he knows he's, he's going to be protected and he trusts me completely. How would your life look if that's the way you approached adult things? What kind of power do we have? I want to anticipate that God's going to do something. So in our suffering, it becomes kind of a, 
an adventure. And this is not like putting lipstick on a pig, like I'm, I'm going to avoid the reality and the hard problem I'm facing, but God is going to do this. So I would, I could, I could shut this podcast down in two seconds. It's, we have a lack of faith. We don't believe that God is actually sovereign and he's going to do what he's going to do. And we question God always. We think we're too smart. We're not that smart. Shut down. All right. We'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That was a joke, Warren. You can keep going. No, no. Um, I mean, in, I guess in, in some in certain way, I mean, Shim, Tim, you kind of did shut down the podcast. I was like, my mind was blown there for a minute. But yeah, I mean, so much of our, um, I guess, need for self-gratification or just, I guess, being fearful of suffering is that, yeah, God is not going to to see us through. He doesn't um, know what he's doing. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's not there with us. And, um, you know, we have to fight this battle alone. And um, I think even in the ways that we saw where Jesus was tempted, he constantly... Um, pointed back to, you know, the father that, you know, like even whether he was tempted with, you know, being given all the kingdoms or, you know, satisfying his own hunger in that moment. He's like, no, I'm consistently pointing back to God. So um, I think in our culture today, um, we see, you know, self-gratification played out in a lot of different ways. Um, I think one way that it's been, we've seen it play out, uh, you know, pretty Severely is just in our uh, social media. Um, Greg, is there any ways that you've like seen that kind of play out through or self way self gratification has kind of uh, been uh, seen in social media and just the advent of the smartphone? Yeah, not not really. No, no, I mean, right. I think it's, been, it's been pretty innocent. Greg, yeah. Put your phone down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as I'm the, scrolling the, through. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I uh, I don't I don't want to be like a, a social media hater because I do think it's a tool. Yeah. Right? And, it has its and purpose. like all yeah. tools, there it can be used well or it can right. be used incorrectly. I think what I have seen in myself and others is that social media can lead to um, people pleasing, and so it's it's the idea of. Um, framing their life in a way that, that they want to be seen or in a light that they want to be seen. And so uh, that could be real dangerous because it doesn't open ourselves up to one, reality, but two, um, for the areas where things aren't perfect and clean, uh, in the areas where we have the rain clouds and the storms and we need people to come in. Uh, I, I, we've talked about this a lot in our church over the years, but just the importance of community. And if you're presenting a false self, you can't have true authentic community. And so I think it makes an easier breeding ground, if you will, for sin, where you can, you're not getting healthy feedback. Um, and so you're going to act out in ways, uh, that can, you think can sort of put band-aids on, on things. It makes it easier to make decisions in the dark outside of other healthy relationships that you have with other people who can speak in, hold you accountable and really know you at a deeper level. Yeah, no, it's, it's been really interesting to like read re- reports or studies that have been done in the ways that like just a like on a photo does something chemically to us. Right. <laughs> it releases this, uh, what is it, dopamine or something like that yeah. or whatever it is. Like it actually does something chemically to see so many um, likes or hearts on a photo or something, whatever, it, wherever it may be or whatever platform you're using. And I think that's that can be damaging in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen that what play out in um, just bullying to, you know, just people not having that higher, like a a high self-esteem, you know, high sense of self and kind of basing their full value just on, um, you know, how many likes or comments they get on a photo. It's kind of, it's really sad in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think I read this in a book or an article, but it's talking about branding ourselves. Yeah. We're all our individual brands. Right. Again, if you connect it back to God, he already 
created us. He knows everything about us. We are his brand. Right. Why are we wasting time? Yeah. And I just get a lot of people that want to present, like you say, online to yeah. be something. And then uh, kind of the hilarity of it, of it all is when you meet that person, they aren't that person. <laughs> so you're just, you're lying. And, and, you know, it sounds really highbrow to say you're offending God, but I think you're offending God. Mm. He made you a certain way and he loves you more than anybody. So why are we trying to get love from a million different places? And I had a thought that I heard a podcast a couple of years ago and the guy said, every moment of every day we are trying to pleasure ourselves. Mm. And I remember hitting pause like, that's not true as I reach for my warm coffee. Yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> true. If yeah. you start thinking about every little thing we do is to make ourselves happy. So when we walked in this room, I went right to the heat. I turned the heat up. Yeah. I wanted to be comfortable. Now, not all of that is bad. We have to be comfortable, but we are driven by comfort. Everything that's been invented has been to comfort. We don't have to go out of our houses People will deliver. I think the next step, someone's going to feed us, right? Yeah. We're going to be spoon fed. And so we're seeking pleasure in everything but God. And that just doesn't end well. Yeah. And I think it takes an awareness of that. I think that's the first step, right? Just being aware that everything around me is trying to sell me something or I am seeking out what am I seeking out and being aware of that. And, and Warren, on the social media in particular, so I, I've had this this idea or this theory that that might make some people listening to this a little angry, but just, just hear me out. It's a theory. It's a thing I'm thinking through. I've been All chewing right. on it for a while. I, I have been wondering if, um, I can't point to anything quantitative about this and I'd never, it's subjective. I'd never be able to win an objective argument on this, but I've, I see a lot of people online that amass these followings for good and bad. I mean, I think that there, there is a lot of good, there's these sort of like, it's usually like one person who's sort of a personality, whether mm -hmm. it's authentically them or not, I don't know, but, um, you know, and, and they'll have these videos where they want to be authentic and this is what I'm dealing with and this is what I'm working through. And, and here's some encouraging words about that in and of itself. Those aren't bad things, but I kind of have wondered about the idea of like, like how big can truly authentic community be? Yeah. Um, how many friends can you actually kind of surround yourself with to be a part of how big of a group can you actually influence where it's an authentically deep relationship? Um, yeah, I've just been, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I haven't really put any value statements on it yet, but I've been thinking through that idea just with social media. It can be really easy to fall into so many traps and that doesn't mean in and of itself that it's a bad thing, but, um, it's, it's just not for me at least. I'm much more of a, I think it's called a lurker, which is a weird word. <laughs> I kind of just yeah, like, I always said that about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yikes. I kind of just look, I'll like a couple things a couple times a month and then I'm off. But, um, it's just because I'm not built to be able to withstand the the uh, the pressures to present or to say the right thing or whatever. And so I just try to personally just stay away from it. I completely agree with yeah. you. We have that have a huge desire to be known and loved. Mm -hmm. And we don't have capacity for more than maybe five people. Right. So think of the irony that we put ourselves out to thousands to be known a tiny bit and won't ever satisfy us. So I'm, that's a good theory, and I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. on that too. It works. Yeah, I think so much of it is just an illusion. Um, hmm. You know, it's the illusion of having these high numbers of people you're connected with in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. But I mean, there's no, I don't, I, you know, from what I've seen and my, what I've, you know, experienced, just 
you know, following some of those personalities, you know, it's kind of empty, even the words of like encouragement and motivation, it's not really connecting. It's just like general good sounding stuff. And then there's also that level of like people, you know, feel like they can also like throw bombs at people, you know, and it's just like this, there's just a level of disconnection. I think it's just an, it's an illusion of closeness. And what I've, um, you know, read, um, is that, uh, even these people, a lot of them with these big followings, these influencers, influencers, as they're called, um, have said, and like, they feel lonely in a lot of ways, you know, they feel separate, even though they have these big 20,000 people following them, whatever it may be, you know, they don't really feel, they feel like a pressure to, um, release content, but like, they don't really get the gratification of feeling connected to the people they're, they're really, that, that are following them sometimes. So yeah, I, I mean, if, if you're listening yeah. to this and that, that, uh, frustrates you, that idea, and you have like a really good thought or just an angry yeah. thought, then just email Warren all your anger emails <laughs> and, uh, and he can, you know, yeah. Do Hashtag Warren listens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like you said, I think social media has this pr- place and purpose, you sure. know, I'm not, I'm on social media. Um, and I probably end up lurking a little bit like kind of like Greg more than engaging. So Fair I enough. feel you on that, man. Yeah. At a members meeting, I think last year, someone asked me out of the blue, what's the biggest thing I, I hear? Yeah. And I said loneliness hmm. and had yeah. never thought of it that way. Just blurted it out. And this is exactly what you're talking exactly. about. Social media creates loneliness when it was designed to create closeness. Right. So it's a good thing. I mean, I'm on social media. It's, yeah. It has its purpose, but every good thing gets turned to extreme and yeah. out of control. And then we lose ourselves in it. So in my office, there's just a lot of people that are lost in identity because mm-hmm. they they present a certain thing and they're not sure how people feel and then they think they feel a certain way because they get likes and loves right. and it's mass confusion and to me again I'm on broken record it takes you away from God yeah he knows you and he loves you end of discussion then if you're lucky to get a great spouse like the two yeah. of you have and myself included then you're just on bonus time yeah then if you have some family members some really close friends that know you and love you you're living large yeah. you don't need those people then you know you don't have to reject them but they that's not the that's not the gas in your engine that right. doesn't work yeah, it's not yeah. yeah I think that's actually a good springboard for maybe a, a final question here before we wrap up um, for you Tim so uh, we're talking about this idea of self-gratification. We haven't really dug into the specifics, but I mean, it's sin, right? It's, it's this idea of quick fixes to feel better or to get out of negative feelings that usually lead to habitual sin. Uh, and it's looking for, it's looking for acceptance, for love, for gratification from things other than God. Um, so if we're saying that is, it, that's sort of the definition of how we're, we're using self gratification in the midst of this episode of the podcast. Um, based on the the people that you've sat with, things like that, just general pastoral wisdom, what does it look like tangibly for people to take steps away from that? Um, what does it look like to ask for help? What does it look like? I mean, even as tangibly as like, what if they wanted to meet with someone here on staff to just start a conversation if they feel lonely or if they feel stuck in sin and they, they feel like they don't have community, what would it look like for people to sort of take that next step that are listening to the podcast? It's interesting. I don't, I don't want to peg millennials in any negative way. Cause I love millennials. Um, there, there's a, <laughs> there's a, a tendency to over, get over assistance, if you will. It's kind of a weird uh, dichotomy. They want help, but they want help 
at the drop of a hat. And I, and I, I have a sense that, or I try to empower them, like, you can take care of this. You don't actually need me or you don't need other people. Start with yourself, your internal motor should be able to tell you something. There's a lot of common sense things that they don't go because we're in a culture of, of help. So, I mean, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot because that's what I do for a living, but I want people to trust themselves and their instincts, what they know to be true. So obviously that goes to the word of God and trusted people. So people will show up in my office with not inconsequential problems, but something that's just a common sense thing. And it, there's a way out of this. And so there's, a, there's an over-reliance on other people. And then on the other hand, there's an under-reliance. So it's a weird, it's a weird contradiction because like I've said many times, we've had people with cancer that didn't come to us to seek help or prayer. Like, what? Are you serious? And then we have people with a hangnail that want, you know, the elders to pray over them. So, you know, there, there's a lot in the middle, but I feel like my job has been to empower people and like you have the tools yeah. you don't really need me except as someone to encourage you or maybe point you a certain direction but you you know the truth it's a pretty rare individual that walks out of my office thinking wow i just learned something new because there's nothing new under the sun and i can point them and encourage them and maybe give them some love or some just some words to maybe what they're feeling but i just uh, i'm kind of it's weird to say there's an overdependence on help and mentors because that's what I do. But you have to be choosy. And again, trust yourself. Trust what you know, because if you've been at church for any amount of time, you've heard the truth. Yeah. And start applying it and start with God. And so that's the theme for today's start with God and end with God. And everything else is just just maybe some added help, but it's not actually the answer. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And. And if you're listening to this, and especially if you're brand new to redemption or you stumbled along our podcast, in general, a really good first step is, uh, here's a quick sort of communications plug for me. Um, on the first Sunday of every month, we have a class after that's offered after each service, and it's about 20, 30 minutes. It's called our Connect class. It's new. We just started doing it in January. And it's a broad overview of our church. So we talk about... Um, who we are, how to get connected. And we give some really tangible steps on specifically some of the areas to serve in our church, how to get connected to those right away. And then for a lot of people, it's getting involved in a community, um, especially battling that idea of loneliness. We do have students groups. We have um, fifth and sixth grade. We've got high school and we've got college collective. And then we have a lot of RCs. We have RCs that are all different kinds of groups. Um, some RCs that are diverse age ranges uh, and, and life situations. We've got some that are more sort of families. We've got some that are more um, young professionals. We've got a broad swath of RCs here. And the best way to get involved uh, and get plugged into those is through our DNA class, which is offered the second through the fourth Sunday of every month. <laughs> Uh, and then lastly, like Tim, um, I don't want them to blow up your, your email inbox now, but <laughs> Tim is our counseling and care pastor and he's, he can be a good place as a sounding board. Um, if you have a hangnail, I, we will buy you uh, a nail clipper. I have but, the equipment. I have the equipment. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, we also acknowledge, and, and, you know, Tim, you've mentioned too, that there are uh, all the way to very serious things that, that we're here for. Uh, and the elders are here to pray for, um, 
And we have, there are some things where, you know, sometimes it might be a clinical, like, um, like me last year, uh, sitting with a, a licensed therapist or a yeah. psychiatrist. And we have resources for that. We have, um, uh, been able to send people to very, very good therapists, psychiatrists, um, as well. So we've got sort of a broad gamut. This is a, a church community. Jesus calls us a family. Uh, so this is sort of our, our way of being able to act like it. But I do resonate a lot with what you said, Tim. There is a sense of, it can almost be a form of self-gratification yeah. to over-rely on others to yeah. figure out problems. Um, and you always have to say that sort of lightly because, you know, what is a problem to me looks different than is a problem to you that, you know, right. uh, and they weigh different on different people, but there is a sense of being able to carry our own loads that God has given us as well. Um, so that's really good. I appreciate you taking the time, Tim. No, that's really good. Um, I think, yeah, like, just like Tim said, it seems like there's this want for a magic answer outside of what God has already said and done. So, um, you know, I can see how a lot of us millennials fall into that. And I just, before we wrap up here, I just want to make like one distinction. I think there is a good level of like self care and that's not what we're saying. We're not saying that you need to, um, go out and just, uh, seek suffering wherever it may, you know, show up. I think, you know, there is a level of like, you need to take care of yourself. But when we're talking about self gratification, I think that's been made pretty clear. You know, we're just putting, we're saying, that, you know, self-gratification self is when you put that, you know, yourself and your own desires above the needs of others um, and above what um, God has told us to do. So um, this, I just want to thank Greg and Tim um, today. And I thank you guys for listening. That's all we have time for today. We'll see you guys next time.